Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. There were two important meetings last week. One was in Flat Bay, part of the public consultation about whether the community should separate from Halibut. The meeting was exploratory only and no decisions made. Yes, former Halibut chief Brendan Shepard did attend, but I understand he mostly just took things in and made little in the way of interventions. The other meeting was to re-establish the Indian Head First Nation. After the formation of the Halibut covering all of western and central Newfoundland, most of the local bands closed up shop. But one of the weaknesses of the Halibut structure is that Mi'kmaq people at the local level feel little connection to the band itself. Hayward Young, one of the organizers of the meeting, says the intent is not to separate from Halibut, but to work with the band. He also says the band will welcome status and non-status Mi'kmaq people. That's why this is such a positive development. As we come to the end of the enrollment process with the courts, our last hope for getting more people status, we need to find ways to bring status and non-status people together. Like the ban being discussed for Burgio, the Indian Head Bank could do just that, provide a sense of belonging for which everyone is so hungry. Here's my interview with Hayward Young. I asked him first how the plan to revive the Indian Head Band came to be. It was about a year ago when I asked the first few people came to me and said, like, uh, you know, can we revive our band? Because we, we feel disconnected with the, with the ward system. And I had it on my mind, I guess, for the past year or so, yeah. And just before Christmas, I thought about it again. And I said, well, in the new year, I'm going to I'm going to call a meeting or whatever. But it was just about two weeks ago, I guess, uh, Tiana Butler uh, came to me or actually texted me and said, Hayward, uh, we should get together and discuss reviving the band. So we sat down uh, with her and her brother and, and we decided, well, we'll call a meeting and see where it goes, see how the people feel. And uh, that's what we did for uh, last Thursday night. Yes. So and you had uh, you had uh, quite a big crowd. What was it about? Uh, close to seventy people. Yeah, we had sixty people that had registered. There may have been a few more that didn't register at the time, mm-hmm. but we had sixty people and just and I knew most of them. And just looking at the crowd, I could say that at least half of them were cardholders and will remain to be cardholders, and the rest were maybe old members that weren't card holders and maybe some members who were going to lose their cards. Yeah. So, and and your plan, as I understand it, is that people who uh, status and non-status people could be part of this uh, revived band. And, yes. But oh. you will have some, uh, you will have some membership criteria. So uh, will it be enough for people to self-identify or, or will they have to provide some, uh, some evidence about ancestry? Okay, well, what we, and it, it's going to be up to the the group that get elected on the 8th of February, because we plan on having an election then, to decide uh, how they're going to look at membership. I would suggest that 
we still have a ban list that would name all members that met this criteria that that was agreed to by Canada initially and and was sent to the FNI, which should have been sent off to to enact for registration. Uh, at that time, we had uh, approximately 2,200 people. At our last uh, ward meeting, our ward rep told us that it looks like we will lose half of those people. Mm-hmm. So we're down to probably a thousand to 1,100 people, and uh, so. What I'm suggesting to the people is that we use our ban list that we had with the 2200 uh, because we we know that all all those people met the criteria that was negotiated. Yes. And any any new members that that will have to apply and meet that same criteria. Hmm. That's what I'm going to recommend. Yes. Now, whether whoever is elected or choose to do so, that's up to them. They will determine that. I I still have a copy of our constitution and our bylaws, which were quite good, like they were developed by a lawyer that, and, and with our input. And it's, you know, there's, we may have to touch them up a bit, but I think if we took them and used them as a as a guide or even use the same ones, we'd be okay. Yes. Now, you mentioned that uh, you're you're part of a, uh, a ward, as it's called in the Halloween structure. And what, what ward is that? The Stephenville Ward. You're in Stephenville Ward. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> and how would you see going forward uh, the relationship between the Revive Band and the Halibut Band? And there, there should be no conflict. There should be uh, more of a cooperation thing than anything, because we 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 are hoping that uh, we will be able to uh, become incorporated as a nonprofit organization and and basically apply for funds that will apply to our non-status members. Mm-hmm. So we don't see any conflict. Like uh, we're not. Uh, looking to separate, or uh, we put that the rest the other night. Uh, whether it will be an option down the road if things don't get any better or don't work out, I don't know. But I, you know, and uh, there was no, there was no real talk of separation or anything. It was more about uh, getting our band back together, getting our identity, and and uh, and to work towards not only. Uh, I guess uh, programs for the non-status, but to to fight for the rights of the people that were wronged in this supplemental agreement. Mm. But uh, <clears throat> I wonder how realistic that is, and that if people think that um, if people have an expectation, the people who have been denied status that becoming part of this revived band, there is some chance of uh, of getting their status in the first place or getting it back in the people who've lost yeah. their cards. So do you think that's an expectation that's out there and do you think it's realistic? Well, it, it may be out there and like uh, realistic, probably not 
but like just the nature of people that they always hold on in the back of their mind. But no one, there was no one at that meeting the other night like saying like uh, anything about the enrollment process, basically. They weren't saying, well, you know, this one got in, this one never, my family. There was really none of that. It was more about uh, the the feeling of belonging and, and identity more than anything. Yes. Now, and, and basically, the mandate that these people will get it'll only be a a year mandate. We because we agreed the other night that uh, whoever is elected on February eighth will will be given a mandate for one year, and then they will have a full out election and follow the the guidelines or the constitution and bylaws at that time. So you're the the approach you're taking with the revived band is similar to what people have in mind in Bergio, where people want to, um, they want, as you say, uh, a way to belong. And um, for people who don't have status but consider themselves Mi'kmaq people, they want a, a way to participate. So it seems that you're on the same wavelength as people in in Bergio on what they have in mind. Yeah, I think that's that's it. And like the people here the other night said. They basically felt disconnected that the ward system wasn't doing what they expected to do. Like most people initially with 2000 regime, <clears throat> 2002, it was supposed to be more of a tribal council where you still had your nine bands, but it was run by a tribal council. And, and initially, like each band was supposed to get band support and through the negotiations and whatever when it ended up it was it was just one lump band and I think that hurt us because like I say even on the mainland when people look at us and they, they, they don't understand that at one time we were 12 or 13 bands mm. smaller bands and all of a sudden we're have the potential of being a band of a hundred thousand, and you know that kind of it kind of gives them a, a different picture. I don't think a lot of people on the mainland, like our brothers and sisters and other status bands on the mainland, understand that there there was actually twelve or thirteen smaller bands there at one time. Yes, there seem to be two schools of thought about that because um, up in um, in the other Atlantic provinces, as you say, there are many. Many bands and many individual bands, uh, much smaller than Halibu, but you also get people up there who say that this is not, it's not necessarily the best thing to have so many, so many bands because people fight among themselves. The federal government uses it as, as divide and conquer. And um, people like Michael Denny says, says to us in Halibu, don't make the same mistake we made. There's strength in numbers. So, I guess you could see it. There are two points of view of looking at um, one band versus many bands. Uh, I, I guess there is, and we can look at, I guess, what a hundred thousand did to us right now. Hmm. We're not, we're not that strong. Hmm. And uh, I, what I'm saying is that uh, I think we could be even stronger if, like, I know Bay St. George always had a good relationship and within the band. There used to be a Bay St. George regional band at one time, which was like a tribal council that came together, the four bands, and elected 
a council for Bay St. George. They actually had a Bay St. George Indian Economic Development Corporation at one time. So, no, it, and that's possible again. Uh, uh, St. George's Band has already reached out to us. And Flat Bay Band, I, like I have a, a great, not only myself, but our area has a great relationship with the Flat Bay Band. And always had, always, always will. Like, and that's border port is another issue that we will have to talk to the Jason and see how he feels about this and his people feels about coming together. But uh, like I said, St. George's have already reached out to us, and the response uh, to the meeting and after the meeting, like, has been incredible. Like, there's continuous phone calls. Uh, continuous texts uh, saying, you know, great stuff, way to go. People looking to, to asking questions about how to become part of this band. Uh, do they have to live within the area, the boundaries? And that's something that the, the new uh, band council will determine as they go forward. Now, you mentioned you mentioned Flat Bay, and um, of course, Flat Bay had their meeting. Uh, uh, a few days ago, and um, uh, a sort of exploratory meeting about the pros and cons of separating. What do you think the implications would be for the Halibut Band if Flat Bay did separate and uh, went on their own? A way I look at that, I look at that as just as when Con River went on their own and uh, the other nine bands remained the same. And they they were not status at that time back in the early 80s, I guess. And uh, uh, the Federation still kept uh, a good relationship with Con River, and they, and and I would say they still do. There's, there hasn't been any conflict between. So I I wouldn't see any conflict between us and Flat Bay, or you know, or any other band that decides somewhere down the road that it's better that they be alone than be part of Halibut. Very few, if any, of the appeals have been successful. So we're probably going to have just over 18,000 um, members of, of Halibut, just over 18,000 people with cards. And uh, this will, I guess, the enrollment process will be finalized sometime in, in this year, 2018. And uh, so maybe... We there's we can see a way forward with the the Bergio band and the Indian headband. Um, we'll have people with cards and people without, but there'll be a place for for everyone in the in the bands. And maybe maybe we can see a, a way forward in this very uh, difficult situation uh, we find ourselves now. Yes, I, I think we can. We got to remember that prior to the Halapu. We were all non-status bands here. Hmm. We still had core funding. The FNI still had core funding. They still had a couple of million dollars in education. They still had monies available to non-status. So we're hoping, and that's our plan too, is that once we get organized again, we we have people in place that can apply for these similar programs that FNI had prior to becoming Halibut. We will be having an election on February 8th. We haven't determined the venue yet because 
we feel the last venue we had will not hold the number of people that we expect because since the meeting, there's been such a great response that we expect to have uh, well well over 100 people at our next mm-hmm. meeting. So people, note in your calendars, February the 8th. So uh, thanks for filling filling us in on that, and we'll be um, we'll be uh, staying tuned for the next steps and the revived Indian Head Band. And that's it for the show. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Celebration time used with the permission of Migma artist Marcus Goss. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on SoundCloud or iTunes. Tune in on Bay of Islands Radio, Thursday at 6 p.m. And in Norris Point and Rocky Harbor, listen on The Voice of Bombay, Tuesday at 2 p.m. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.